In our fourth episode, we will be delving into the black hole. Black holes have taken over popular culture, and it is pretty present in most of our favorite sci-fi movies. However, it is still very misunderstood and wrapped in mysteries. Today, we will uncover the black hole and why it is still heavily debated between scientists today. Playing in the background is Lunch by YouTube creator Ukrembo. So let's start with the basic definition of a black hole. NASA defines a black hole to be a place in space where gravity poses so strongly that nothing, not even light, can escape. So what does this exactly mean? In our previous episodes, we learned about gravity in Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity. In this theory, he introduced the concept of space-time. Space-time is simply a conceptual model that best explains how our universe works. It fuses the three dimensions of space, width, length, and height with the final dimension of time. According to Einstein's theory of relativity, space isn't a flat, unchanging entity, but rather made up of the space-time fabric, which is continuous, smooth, curved, and deformed by the presence of matter and energy. Space-time curves more and more with the presence of mass. A larger mass equals a larger curve. This curve attracts other smaller masses, and combined with inertia, this curve allows for planet orbitals or any types of orbitals to occur. An example is our own solar system. Our sun has a tremendous mass that is thousands of times greater than the planets. Therefore, it creates a huge warp in our space-time fabric, allowing for planets to be attracted. Instead of going straight into the sun, the planet's inertia allows them to rotate around the sun. Space-time curves also explains the formation of galaxies. Similar to a solar system, our galaxy has a supermassive black hole in the center, creating a large curve in our space-time fabric. Its gravitational pull allows for planets, solar systems, stars, and other phenomena to rotate around it. That is why galaxies typically have a spiral or circular shape. So let's relate this back to a black hole. We now understand how gravity works. A black hole doesn't necessarily have a bigger gravitational pull than any other object in space. What makes it unique is that its gravitational pull is condensed into an extremely small point. Therefore, the force of gravity, instead of being spread out as in an object with a large mass and size, a black hole's gravitational pull is condensed and all located at a relatively very small point. Thus, at that point, its gravitational pull is extremely strong to the point where light, the fastest object in space, cannot escape. The reason why we are able to see and our scientists are able to take images is because of light. Light reflects off of objects back into our eyes, allowing us to see the surface in which it was bounced off of. If black holes do not allow light to escape, this also means that no light can be reflected off of it and back into our sight. And that is why black holes appear black. Furthermore, when we are seeing a black hole, we are not actually seeing the physical object, but rather its event horizon. It is the boundary around the black hole where the gravitational pull tips to the point where light cannot escape. So now that we understand what a black hole is and how it works, we must understand how it forms. In our previous episodes, we mentioned how one way a star can die is by becoming a black hole. That raises the question of whether or not our own sun can become one. The answer is thankfully no. Our sun's mass is way too small for it to become a black hole. In order for a star to be formed, its final mass should be two or three times greater than the sun's. There are numerous examples of black holes that scientists have observed throughout the years. The biggest one that scientists have predicted to find is TON618, a black hole with a mass that is 6 times 6 times 10 to the 10th power bigger than our sun. 
This is considered a supermassive black hole, and those who are this large in mass are also considered a quasar. A quasar is basically a supermassive black hole that is trillions of times greater than our sun, that has a disk of gas and other particles around it. A quasar gives us more energy than a hundred normal galaxies combined. Another example is a black hole within our own galaxy, Sagittarius A. Sagittarius A has a mass that is 4 million times greater than our sun and is considered to be an average supermassive black hole. It is located 25,000 light years away from Earth and can be observed through behaviors of stars and solar systems. Although we are gaining more and more information about black holes every day, there are still mysteries around black holes that scientists are not able to solve. The most obvious example is what is inside a black hole or what happens past the event horizon. Since even our closest black hole is tens of thousands of light years away, it is quite impossible to actually go to a black hole and see for ourselves. There are several theories to this question. The first one is that if anything falls into a black hole, it will simply rip apart in its atomic structure and become completely obliterated. It is quite depressing. The next two are a little more interesting. The first theory is that a black hole is potentially a wormhole into another galaxy or even a path to another universe. A wormhole is a completely conceptual hypothesis that is new to the world of science. It takes the idea of Einstein's space-time and says that if space-time can be warped to make two different sections connect to one another, it creates a wormhole. Another more popular theory is that a black hole leads to a white hole. A white hole is the mathematical opposite of a black hole. Nothing can enter and only energy and light can escape. To understand this better, I will play a clip of the renowned Neil deGrasse Tyson to discuss the white hole. At the time, you realize you can take the equations that give you a black hole, and you realize, it turns out, there's another solution to those equations. It's not that complicated to imagine. If I have, if I say, if I take the number 9, and I ask you, what's the square root of 9? What would you tell me? And you'd say 3. It's 3 times 3 is 9. So 3 squared is 9. Square root of 9 is 3. So we got that, okay? So the answer to the question, what is the square root of 9, is 3. However, I now ask you, what is negative 3 times negative 3? It's also 9. So in fact, the answer to the question, what is the square root of 9, has two solutions, 3 and negative 3. They're both legitimate solutions to that question. One is not more better than the other. The equations that give you a black hole, there's a second solution to it. It's the mathematical opposite of the black hole, where everything only ever comes out of it. What possible other word would we pick for this? A white hole. That concludes our fourth episode on black holes. Thank you for listening and tune into future episodes where we will cover more cosmological phenomena and uncover mysteries in our universe.